Strange sightings of the unknown and creatures that defy explanation. Peer into the unexplained. The Hush Hush Society presents Cryptid Chronicles. Guys, it is super nice to be around this fire right by the lock. So glad all our passports passed the uh, the test. Dave, I know you got hung up at customs, but we are here. <laughs> I did. I did. It was a rip-roaring good time. And I am so glad that our friends, Shelby and Chrissy, got to join us. Hi, we're so excited to be here. Hi. So glad we got that group rate on the flight over. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Earned lots of miles. We know that. One, if not both of you, have made an excursion to Loch Ness. I think we should jump in the water and dive on Nessie's back. <laughs> <for a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping right on in. Yeah, we're just going to jump right on in on Nessie's back. Let's get moist. Yeah, yeah let's get moist. <laughs> and talk not. about the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> oh, is that one of those words? Somebody has a problem with the word. No, I just thought about riding on a giant plesiosaur and I was like, you know, it doesn't sound fun to me. Well, so you're also afraid of the ocean and like water, so the deep sea is terrifying. She's afraid of mermaids. What if you had your own saddle? Oh, that would be a wide saddle. <laughs> David, I didn't think of the logistics. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that that's a big split. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of engineering that has to go in riding a plesiosaur. Yeah, and like separating your femurs. Ow. Oh. It reminds me of that book, Dinotopia. <laughs> By the way, guys, it made us a little campfire treat. There's a little mystery meat street taco on the go. Oh, wow. Good. You'll find them taped underneath your seat. Taped <laughs> That's sanitary. I'm glad you used Gorilla Glue. <laughs> mine's, mine's real stuck under here. It's triple wrapped in saran wrap also. Good. At least it's sterile. How do you guys feel about diving into the geography of, <laughs> of the actual lock? The lock itself, right? Where Nessie yes. resides. Rumor has it, Loch Ness is freshwater, not salt. In the Scottish Highlands, and it extends approximately 23 miles southwest of the city of Iverness. You guys have been there? I have. I have not. Please, interlude and tell us about your time there. Yes. So it was many, many moons ago. I was 12, I think. Oh. Um, it's honestly, all of Scotland is absolutely gorgeous. It's super green. The All the plants are, for some reason, like eight feet tall. There's no bugs. It was like 60 degrees in July or August. It's perfect. No sun. I am a vampire. It's wonderful. <laughs> I miss it so much. Uh, but Loch Ness, it, so it's fed in from the River Ness. That's how it got its name, because most locks are named after either like a family or a castle that's next to them. And it's very, very cold. It is the second deepest lake in Scotland or in the UK. It's so dark. It is so cold. But as you're like driving up, there's like tons of just like random Nessie statues everywhere. Like they really have like latched on to this. And I love it so much. It's so cute, like how they've all just come together over this like possible dinosaur living in a lake that might eat them all. And I love it. <laughs> They've really embraced it. I've really. always wanted to go. 
you should. I, I highly recommend it. It's absolutely stunning. I want to go back. I almost lived there. I tried real hard. See, that reminds me, it's kind of along the same lines of Champ up at Lake Champlain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really embrace it. The whole culture built around it. Festival that we went to this past summer over there. Yeah, I know they have, there's like a Celtic festival near my where I live now. And it's like the whole festival surrounded by like a pond or a tiny lake. And they have like a statue of Nessie just sitting in the middle, chilling with a big smile, which is really cute. And I know that... Like they, it inspired one called Chessie in the Chesapeake Bay because I used to live in Maryland. That they have not embraced it as much as Nessie or Champy. I always think it's cool how like the places embrace their like cryptid culture, like with Mothman and everything too. They really embraced it. Oh yeah, Mothman Festival in uh, Point Pleasant. Mm-hmm. We gotta hit that. We gotta hit that. We one do day. one day. One day we will. We should make a group trip Ooh. to Mothman Land. I just want to see the statue with a six-pack of abs that that Mothman statue has. I'm more interested in his, like, really thick dump truck, because that <laughs> statue is insane. Speaking of dump trucks, Frank oh. and I... What? Just going to end it there. That's it. <laughs> we took a trip to the Pacific Northwest and went through the Cascade Mountains. That's Bigfoot territory. And we saw a rather large uh, Bigfoot statue with some serious glutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that Bigfoot was kind of thick. Kind <laughs> of? Triple C. Oh. oh, not a triple C. <laughs> no, that's, that's a special category. Bigfoot doesn't fit that category. Can we just say, though, that that lake is 755 feet deep? That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is it's... that deep in Lake Standard? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm a certified yeah. scuba diver, and I can dive up to 100 feet, but that, like, it terrifies me that people, like, that it's that deep. That I would only be, like, that into it. That's, like, nothing. 100 feet. Yeah, that makes me wonder about a lot of things, especially when it comes to our ocean. You know, like, we can only go to certain depths, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot, obviously, tons of it that we don't know about. So, with large bodies of water that dive so deep, especially when you're talking about oceans and even lakes, there's, like, a certain uh, phobia. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Deep, dark places. I hate dark water. Yeah. Like, what the hell's in there? Nothing good. No, nothing good. <laughs> the lassophobia. It's the called lassophobia. fuck that deep dark place of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the phonetic saying of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm more scared of lakes than I am the ocean. I don't know why. Wow. I mean, like, is it because they're like kind of enclosed? Yeah, and they're deep and they're dark. But a lake isn't going to suck you out miles and miles into open water. Well, no, but I used to spend a lot of time in Lake George and hmm. That lake is really big, and Lake Champlain as well. Those lakes are huge, and they're deep, and they freak me out. And then growing up in Connecticut, there's a ton of lakes all around Connecticut, like Lake Zor and Quasipog Lake, like weird lakes, and they're just deep, stagnant, and you walk in them, and you can tell like the entire thing is as murky as it is when you're touching all the algae and ugh. It's just, I don't know, lakes are weird. <laughs> but oceans scare the shit out of me too because... Sharks. There's that. <laughs> I don't know why, but giant squids sound more dangerous and scary to me than a shark. Is it weird? That's the only sea creature that I absolutely love. 
Everything else terrifies me. Of all things. I love the giant squid. I think it's so cool. The Kraken. Yes! I just saw a video like two days ago of an alleged Kraken, and I can almost 100% say that this video is fake. Was it the Colossal Squid? Because they found that recently. No, it was the Kraken, and it was like in Antarctica, and it was very fake. Not saying that I don't believe in the Kraken, but it was just a very fake video. I'll have to show my boyfriend that. He has a, a lot of thoughts about Antarctica. Ooh. Oh, as do we. As do we, yeah. He has a lot of- Wilhelm! <laughs> Wilhelm! <laughs> I have a Wilhelm whale watch airship slash merchandise t-shirt idea coming soon for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> we should try to cross Wilhelm with whale wars. <laughs> Somehow, some way. So anyways, let's talk about the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let's talk about Nessie. The Loch Ness Monster is a creature in Scottish folklore that is said to inhabit Loch Ness, as we said in the Scottish Highlands. This great large lake in front of us. Dummy thick body of water. So much freedom and kilts. All that whatnot. (laughs) I'm part Scottish, so I gotta say some shit. I'm also part Scottish. I found that out. Nice. That was She's very excited about it. I think next year I'm going to be William Wallace for Halloween. Ooh, nice. If I don't cut my hair off, I might. Who knows? All right. So you guys have seen a lot of footage and sightings and photos. I think we all have of what's supposed to be Loch Ness. How would you, I mean, obviously, other than the obvious plesiosaur part of it, how would you describe what Loch Ness is supposed to be? I mean, it can either be a plesiosaur. It could be a giant serpent. So more of a snake. Or I saw a picture of three seals having a really fun time that someone thought was also the Loch Ness Monster. Wait, you caught a, a seal threesome? Was it a threesome? No, I think they were just having a... They were just a playing frolic? around oh, being seals. Oh. oh. <laughs> Why you gotta make it weird? No, I mean, I also thought you meant a seal threesome. <laughs> so I'm, I'm also against whatever you just said. So it's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a seal threesome. No, it's not. All right, I was just wondering. <laughs> just curious. Is that the next erotica? I was, was going to write a new erotica. I was going to scrap what I was writing. <laughs> the three seals gave eyes to the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, no, no. <laughs> there's a preview in here. So there's one issue with this whole thing with Loch Ness, and it's that the scientific community thinks of Loch Ness as a phenomenon without a biological basis. They look at sightings as hoaxes and pretty much people like us wishfully thinking that there's some sort of sexy dinosaur in the water. <laughs> Lippity floppity, check out my flippers. <laughs> I want to say that Loch Ness is one of the OG cryptids. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. It's like the one I cannot like get on board with for some reason. I don't know why. It's the one you can't get on board with? I can't. With? I can't. Why not? I don't know. Like, Do tell. It just looks like a giant log or a giant eel to me. That's all it is in my that's mind. A big I eel. That's okay. They have really big eels in that lake, though. I believe it. I don't know. Like of all the cryptids, the original one, Loch Ness monster, doesn't like sit with me. I can't like get my mind to like believe it could be real. Is it because people mostly think it's a dinosaur? Maybe. What about Champ or any of the other large plesiosaur-type cryptids around the world? I mean, those all came from 
like this idea so i guess they kind of fall under the same thing for me okay but like i would like to think there's a giant mythical creature chilling in a lake somewhere because that'd be cool but maybe not i don't know well, can you imagine if it was an actual plesiosaur that actually survived there's so much evidence saying that it wouldn't have survived the last ice age and yeah. millions of years of being in that lake because that lake it wasn't there yeah when please the swords would be there but in itself that's the only thing that people put there especially in like timeline like yeah. data like i could maybe get behind it being there at one point but i don't think it's there now I mean, there is, like, the theory of there's tons of underwater caves and, like, connecting systems in that lake. So there is a possibility that something's hiding in there, but I really don't think it's a plesiosaur. Can you imagine him coming through a tube? What if it is, though? <laughs> like, I can't I can't get my mind to do the what if it is. Like, it doesn't. I can, pro- I can do that with any other thing. Be like, man, I can probably make my brain work that way. Not with this one. I don't know why. All right, so what if it was... A creature that looked like a plesiosaurus, but was not a plesiosaur. Okay, that I can... If it had, like, an... Okay, so, like, they think it might be a giant eel, which makes sense to me. Wouldn't that be more terrifying? Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely be more terrifying, but at least, like... I don't know. At least there's, like, actual eels that are alive now and chilling in other lakes. And there's eels. They know there are eels in that lake. So it makes sense to me there'd be just a giant mama eel humongous Mm. eel i was looking up the eels in loch ness to see like what they look like and how big they could get are they big yes so i was hoping it'd be like a moray eel with a face no it's like a lamprey with the sucker and okay that's the worst oh okay no thanks no 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 no, i don't think i think i'd rather believe in a dinosaur if instead of a giant eel like that i'm honestly hoping for a giant sea snake that i could wrap my head around yeah. Or maybe it's a really weird turtle. A turtle? <laughs> a really weird turtle. Am I not turtle enough for you? <laughs> turtle, turtle. turtle a turtle? What if? Like a giraffe neck turtle? That maybe. Those snapping turtles have really long necks when they like actually try to extend them. Think of how huge that turtle would need to be, though. What if it was just unproportioned? But turtles do live a really long time. Yeah, that they, they do. do. Shelby's Shelby's on to something. Like a derpy turtle. It doesn't have to be derpy. But it's got weird proportions. It's got to be derpy. That's all right. That's fine. A really weirdly proportioned turtle. <laughs> We're not judging. The largest turtle is a leatherback turtle. My sister loves turtles. That's my sister's favorite animal is turtles. I should ask my sister. Get her on here. Tell us about these turtle facts. <laughs> if a leatherback turtle is six feet. Do the math. Do the math. What's the lifespan of a leatherback? I don't know. I know those tortoises live like hundreds of years, but I don't know about like aquatic turtles. I don't know. Yeah, some of the tortoises at the zoo, they've been around since like 1800. <laughs> they gotta cap out. They cap out on growth. A leatherback turtle only lives for 9 to 20 years, so wow. we're out. That's so it's out. Not a, it's not a leatherback. Yeah, can't be that. But some can be up to 50. That's a really large lifespan, like 9 to 50, that's huge. But then there would have to be a population. Then you would see more than the one. And do they even live in, like, cold, cold water? Good questions. I'm Googling. (laughs) I mean, Crush from Finding Nemo was 150. It's possible. He was. I've talked to him at Disneyland. He's pretty rad. Uh, Shelby, we didn't do that. (laughs) We didn't do anything like that. I didn't want to go in there with all those germy kids. That was already germy. It was fine. I wasn't going to get any more germy. 
that's true. You were real sick. Ooh. It was a couple of years ago, and they uh, and I was sitting there, and I was like, nah, nobody's gonna notice me sitting in the seat, and my hair was down. And he's like, hey, you dude with the long hair. I was like, fuck, you got me. <laughs> you got me. Well, let's look at the timeline. So, like the earliest sighting or or talk about a monster within Loch Ness would go back to St. Columba, mm-hmm. which was 565. <sighs> and that story went something like he saw a man that, that was being buried by the Loch Ness and the people that were burying him said that he was swimming when all of a sudden he was attacked by a, a quote water beast and then mauled and dragged him underwater. Let's say you're at 565, a little less than no. 1500 years. Would you live longer if you're a giant turtle, or is it... Well, people that are... I mean, in general, animals that are larger die faster. Other than elephants, they're like the weird thing for that, Mm. but... There is somewhere in the Loch Ness myth of someone thinking it was an elephant. An elephant in the water? Yep. I'm really wondering who the hell thought they let an elephant loose in Scotland, and he just happened to find his way into this lake and stick his trunk up. Scuba diving elephant that puts his trunk up as like a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> like, because what if it was? Just a, a giraffe chilling. An aquatic giraffe. Why not? I don't think the yeah. giraffe could last because they're pretty skinny and that water is really cold. It is ungodly cold. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. Elephants, I don't think elephants could do it either. I mean, they're a little heftier i think they could last a little bit longer than a giraffe they just sink though <laughs> like <laughs> it's like it's almost 800 feet deep they're just like yeah i'm gonna go out to the middle of this oh bye no. <laughs> gotta go bye everybody <laughs> it was nice has nobody considered that maybe it's some sort of german spy boat maybe <laughs> it's just the periscope that looks like a crooked fucking neck still looking for the titanic yeah yeah <laughs> Why would you stick a spy boat in Scotland? Why not? Listen, you don't know what's at the bottom of that water. Need to know the secrets of their tartan? Like, what's going on? I really need to know what's in haggis? Ew. There could be some premier haggis at the bottom of that lake that you don't Imagine know about. Imagine German haggis. Oh, <laughs> ew. Ew. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> That's a big no thank you from me. Wilhelm. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Mike had brought up St. Columba. Columba was too shook to go investigate his, his friend getting dragged into the water himself, <laughs> so he sent his friend into the river. Yeah, he was, he was real scared. The beast approached his friend, but Columba, from afar, made the sign of the cross and said, Go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once. Hold on. Hold the fuck on. No, 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 no. The Lord will repel Nessie. Is that, is that what just happened? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. what just happened. So oh, sounds like my old boss. I mean, that's in the Old Testament. That's like real deep in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord doth said, let Loch Ness roam free in the lake. <laughs> May he show his face but once a fortnight to the man. <laughs> in blurry photographs. <laughs> That's it. That's it. it. As as a Jewish woman, there has been many a bat mitzvah around the Torah portion of Loch Ness. (laughs) Mom, I can't believe you were able to get the Loch Ness cake so late. (laughs) Quick question. Did you guys eat your street taco yet? Yeah. (laughs) I'm still trying to get it off the bottom of the chair. (laughs) (laughs) Taped it pretty well. I didn't want it to fall off. You guys have all the nice sling chairs, and I'm just sitting here in a 1996 
a steel chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the one that's got the trifold. It's vintage. After St. Columba made the sign of the cross, the preacher <laughs> appeared to be pulled back with ropes. It fled, and Columba's men gave thanks for that miracle. Of course they fucking did. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for protecting us from this beast. All right, so let's look at it. We got to inject some sort of religious aspect into this now and look at it. So the Loch Ness Monster on a religious level, they're portraying it as <laughs> a satanic beast, like a demon? Could be. That's the way that they're making it sound in the Columba accounts. Why would you flex the cross on it? I feel like they did that with anything, like, remotely, like, not right. <laughs> You're right. They're like, mm, that's from the devil. That cup of water is only half full. The devil <laughs> did it. imagine if it actually worked, though? just cross their fingers in front of it get away and the thing's just like no and it gets sucked back like it's getting retracted <laughs> like that's what it is it emerges from its hell hole it could be from one of those tubes the hell tubes <laughs> right tubes. yeah right to antarctica oh the antarctic what's the distance there many <laughs> many it's many <laughs> many a distance I want to say like 6,900 miles at least. We're, we're a tiny little. Where the hell did you pull that mileage out? I don't know. You don't even own a protractor. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me with those numbers. If it's anywhere close, I'm going to be super impressed. Um, I tried to look it up and it says I can't find a way there. Just use Google Maps. I did. <laughs> it said no. <laughs> no, the local bus does not go there. Scotland's wherever it is. I don't know the latitude, but... If you go to, like, the most northern tip of Antarctica, the planet's only, like, 7,900 miles wide. It's pretty far up there. Was that mileage on a flat Earth scale or if it was a sphere? Yes. If now. that were flat Earth, we'd get there in 60 minutes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We've got another pretty old sighting, guys. In October of 1871 or 72, I forget exactly, Dee McKenzie reportedly saw an object resembling a log or an upturned boat in the water and it was wriggling and churning up the water as it moved about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where I bring in the turtle theory. If it's a turtle on its back, it's not going anywhere. Oh, now it's on its back? No. Well, I mean, if it's like a boat turned over or something, it's freaking out. I can see it. It's just an aggressive tree. <laughs> aggressive tree? An aggressive tree. It's a, like a log. It's just a, a tree. <laughs> an aggressive tree. Just a very scared tree because it was drowning. Yeah. Just as frightening if it was like a tree from like Lord of the Rings, I'd be scared shitless if I was walking through the woods. Dave, you are way off on distance from Scotland to Antarctica. What is it? He said it was at least 7,000 miles. It's 10,000. Yeah, so he wasn't wrong. On a flat earth, it's 6,900 probably. But if you take the globe, it's in the circumference is 2,400 miles. It were 8,000 miles. You know, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing math right now, right? I'm sitting around a fire. You're in such rare form. I am a fresh prick today. <laughs> All I've got to say is that Dee McKenzie saw some funkiness moving the water about in 1871 or 1872, and that this account wasn't published until about 1934. There was a good couple of decades until this, this account came to the public knowledge okay so could that possibly have been just a really bad game of telephone it could have been anything yeah, i would say so 
because if you're looking at that span of time, of course, everybody exaggerates stories, and, and realistically, it could have been a duck or something. <laughs> it could have been a school of sunfish just going ham at the flies on top of the water. That's very true. I wouldn't see why not. They're everywhere. They're convasive. They're garbage fish. Yeah, they're garbage. If not them, it would be another kind of invasive fish. It could have been anything. But either way, if it was a school of fish, yeah, they would make some sort of churning in the water from a little distance. Yeah. I've seen fish make water look like it's boiling. Oh, yeah. Thick schools of fish. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and the word of the day, children, is thick. Thick. <laughs> As we continue through the 1800s, in 1888, a mason named Alexander MacDonald sighted a large stubby-legged animal. Now that changes things a little bit, and it surfaced from the lock, propelling itself within 50 yards of the shore of where he stood. He saw a large, stubby-legged animal evil Knievel itself. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) So now it has legs. Mm -hmm. Now it has large, stubby legs, but it could be mistaken for flippers. Or turtle legs. I'm a Shelby's onto something. Was the plesiosaur prone to jettisoning itself <laughs> out of the water? But that report, he said the creature looked more like a salamander. Oh, oh, like a giant newt. I used to have a, a salamander newt? named Sally. A newt. She turned <laughs> me into a newt. Oh, my <laughs> mind went right there. Thank you. That's different from what we've been hearing. That's what gets me. You get these accounts from all the way back that, yeah, of course, there's something going on at Loch Ness, but it's all these weird accounts. They're also different from each other. Exactly. But, like, also very, like, they're, like, similar but different in a way that is probably why I can't wrap my head around it being a possibility. It's still weird to me. But now it has legs. Eels don't have legs. No. So now I'm confused. But how much do you trust Alexander McDonald in saying that he he saw the legs, you know? You're right. He could have been on some drugs. He could have been. Or just drinking. Forgot his glasses at home. (laughs) Yeah. McDonald reported his sighting to the Loch Ness Water Bailiff, which I didn't know that was a title. Oh. Some guy named Alex Campbell. And he said, McDonald said it was a salamander. So we're back to telephone again. That's so weird. My next door neighbor is a water bailiff. What do they do? <laughs> can tell you. Do, wa- <laughs> do they do they calm the water? Cold is in session. Settle down, water. Settle down. That brings another thing to question is like, yeah, you have these accounts going really far back into the triple digit years here, but it doesn't really get spicy around Loch Ness until the article that they published about the creature in May of 1933. Yeah, 1933 is when Loch Ness, like, just takes off. There's so many sightings in 1933. wonder if more people had cameras. Probably. When was the camera invented? Mid, mid to late 1800s, yeah. Because they were taking those uh, shots in the Old West. You just get blasted. (laughs) (laughs) When everyone looked real sad. It's just phosphorus burn in the face. (laughs) (laughs) This is hazardous to my health. It's all right. You're going to die of malaria in six days. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. You'll get TB and they'll take you. You'll get tuberculosis. They'll take you to a ward and then you'll just stay there for the rest of your life, which is like four days. Four more days. Four more days of misery, Bill. (laughs) You're going to sleep on this terrible cot. 
This picture's the least of your worries. <laughs> We're going to move you to the hay bed, okay? The hay bed. You don't even get a real bed anymore. You get the you get the straw mattress. <laughs> All your sickness will just seep right into that hay. Why's my skin feel so prickly? That's the hay working its magic. <laughs> That's the hay magic. <laughs> About 1933 is when this really started to pop off, right? So one short year later, 1934, we have the ever-famed surgeon photograph, which was reportedly the first photo of the creature's head and neck, supposedly taken by Robert Kenneth Wilson, who was a London gynecologist. It was published in the Daily Mail on the 21st of April, same year, 1934. Wilson's refusal to have his name associated with it led to it being known as the surgeon's photograph. The surgeon's photograph sounds so much better than the gynecologist's photograph. You're right. You're right. It's ironic that he took a picture of a head and a neck. (laughs) (laughs) He was looking at the lock when he saw the monster, snatched up his camera, and snapped four photos. Only two of the exposures came out clear. The first reportedly shows a small head and back, and the second shows, similarly ahead in the diving position. The first photo became well-known, and the second attracted really little publicity because it was a blurry piece of shit photo. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, that photo is everywhere. You know, he, like, took it home, and either his, like, partner in whatever practice or his wife was like, God damn it, Robert, what the hell is this? (laughs) This is where you've been? This is where you've been? (laughs) I've had to run the practice all day without... Look at this. What... (laughs) You've been out taking pictures of dongs out in the lake. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? An eel dong? (laughs) So, so real quick, to quote Ben Hansen, surgeon's photo, fact or faked? I'm going to say the photo itself is real. Uh, I don't know what it's depicting, but I would say the photo itself is real. Whack. All right, Dave. I'm going to have to agree with Mike. Whack. The reasoning behind my thought on that is if you look at the year, so it's 1934, like how much doctoring are you doing to a photo in 1930s? Yeah, you're right. Well, ask the ask, uh, Germans. <laughs> <laughs> or the Russians. Ask them. They're real good at that in that time period. In the 30s? Think yeah, so? but what Absolutely. about the Scottish? What about the Scottish, No, Dave? No. No. They're way too drunk. No, the Scots are not, are not doing uh, physical Photoshop at that time probably I don't necessarily know what it entails to, f- to doctor a photo from back then but probably a little more difficult than a digital photo obviously yeah yeah, I would imagine yeah I'm going with real with that but again who knows what the actual photo is of fair enough it could be a guy doing a huge like stroke right when he's about to put his hand back down while he's swimming through the lock. That's exactly what it looks like to me. I had no idea where you were going with that nope. until you <laughs> nope. in, back into the lake. And I was like... Nope. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with a guy like trying to like beach himself like a whale <laughs> getting a lot of air. It's like, oh, I mean, maybe, but no. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> watch Get me, the camera out. Think of how hard it would be to take a motion picture in the 30s. Make sure you take four, because only two of them are going to come out right. An action picture. 
I mean, I can barely do it on my phone now because I'm stupid, but like... Yeah, shutter speed wouldn't be up to par there, right? Obviously. Weren't they still in the day of, like, let's expose this to the light for seven minutes, so hold your pose? I Possibly. Think so. <laughs> that sounds right. They might have been in the whole, you know, phase. <laughs> that was a beautiful sound. It really was, so that was pretty that was spot perfect. on. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's what it is, that where you just get that huge, like you said, phosphorus lamp flash in your eyes, and everybody just looks spooked. That's why everybody looks creepy as shit in the 1800s, <laughs> in early 1900s in their photos, because they're all blinded by the light, you know? And they had to sit there for, like, 15 minutes. They couldn't move. And they're like, just just wait for a second, and then uh, I'll tell you what. And you're just, like, blasted. <laughs> that's how it worked. All right, so let's get away from photo evidence. Let's talk about sonar readings, because I think that kind of holds more water. Ah, uh, uh, wow. Well, in 1954, sonar readings were taken by a fishing boat, and its crew noted a large object keeping pace with the vessel at a depth of 479 feet. That's pretty deep. That's deep. Yeah, and it was detected for 2,600 feet. So for 2,600 feet, it was keeping pace with the boat. And then contact was lost with it and then regained. Any attempts at sonar after that were inconclusive or negative. I feel like it's something that we as humans should revisit, especially with today's technology. Like, there's got to be better out there. They've definitely done it before. But as of like 2021, as of like yesterday, did they no. did they look into the Loch Ness? I think they did some sonar readings in, well, they did the 50s and then they did in the mid 70s and early 70s. And then in 2001, 2008, they did some sonar readings as well. So I would say 2008 is probably the most recent sonar readings. I'm sure that there's other organizations, private or not, have done their own research since 2008. There's some amateur ones that were done in 2016. Yeah. Really? There's, there, there's uh, gotta yeah. be. Uh, a retired fisherman named Keith Stewart, he was on a tourist sightseeing boat, used some sonar equipment, and he found like a gaping abyss that they now call Stewart's Abyss. <laughs> Aptly named. Very much so. And I think he was just saying, well, Nessie could be in there. Like A lot of things could be in there, Stewart. Yeah, there could be nothing in there, Stewart. God, Stuart. There could be your self-esteem in there, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> in 1972, there was a guy named Robert Rines, who was part of a group from the Academy of Applied Science, and he was pretty much the leader of that group. And they conducted a ton of searches with sonar, like they did in the 50s. And they didn't find too, too much in the beginning, but I would say towards the latter half in the 2000s they found at a depth of 36 feet they were only anchored at 36 feet they found a moving target that was about 20 to 30 feet in length even specialists from a bunch of different sonar companies that donated their equipment there was a few of those people from a company called simrad and hydroacoustics there was also two people from mit from the department of ocean engineering that were there to examine all the data that they were doing there was also a guy named Roy Mackle. He quoted that he saw a highly flexible, laterally flattened tail, and it could have been misinterpreted from 
either two animals swimming together or it could have been an actual highly flexible, laterally flattened tail. Did you say Roy Mackle? Roy Mackle. That's my high school basketball coach. Holy shit, <laughs> Roy. <laughs> Shout out Roy Mackle. <laughs> Been hitting that three-point line swish ever since. <laughs> this was on my mind earlier. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they get some sort of DNA evidence off of like a ship hull or something? I want to say this happened in like the last 10 years or so. I think 2018 that happened. Where they found like abnormal DNA. You are completely correct. Okay, so when they did that, did they ever figure out conclusively what it was? The universities of Otago and Copenhagen, they could not rule out the possibility of eels of extreme size, though none were found, nor were they ever caught, but they thought it was the DNA of an eel. No, oh, dun dun dun. But it wasn't completely conclusive, so it could be an eel hybrid. I, I don't know. Can you imagine an eel hybrid? Ooh. Uh, no. Just an eel with really little bitty arms. Eel turtle hybrid. T Rex arms. You know what I think? <laughs> I think the guys that are doing Oak Island on History Channel, I think that's what it's on. The dudes that are doing Oak Island, they got to do a deep dive research investigation on the lock. They just got to pour all of their money into the lock. Those guys have dropped millions of dollars to find Spanish coins. That's what I'm saying. And one of them's like a mailman. <laughs> wow. it's, it is funny because they're brothers yeah but one of them has all the funds and one is just like I know that we're going to find the treasure <laughs> just drop another million dollars in this I know we're going to find the treasure and this dude is just like well this is the last I'm giving to you I've already spent 51 million dollars on this project and we've only found a scabbard and a, a, an old penny and they just keep going and going what are they on like season 46 of Oak Island. Season 9, I believe. Oh my yeah, so God. it's been on for a while. I think they should they should endeavor into Scotland. That brother just keeps going, I know it's over here. <laughs> I know it's there. Marty and Rick, that's their names. They're like, the dude's like, Rick, I told you, we're not going to find anything. And then, and then Marty's down at the bottom of the shaft and he's like, I found something. And it's just a fucking railroad spike. And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> that's all the evidence his brother needs. I stopped watching it after like, the second season. Like, this is annoying. They yeah, literally same. never find anything. I don't want to shit on them too bad because I really want them on our show. So We're going to call them up. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Hit them on their personal line. We already shit on flat earthers <laughs> like it was nobody's business. So we don't want to have anything else. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, though. Yeah, you, you would think so. You would think so. Speaking of deep investigations of the lock, we have Operation Deep Scan, which was commenced in 1987. The scientists had made sonar contact. An unidentified object of unusual size and strength appeared. Ooh. How do you know the strength? How'd they measure that? It's flexing, like, on sonar. (laughs) Sure, the six-pack is showing up perfectly on sonar. (laughs) Wound up in its underwater gym and just, wow. To go further with that, they say strength. They did see it kind of moving around a bit. And there was motion in three of the pictures that they had and led him to believe, oh, well, this is a bunch of seals. Why is he wearing a cutoff shirt that says, do you even lift, bro? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I found all those washed up things of whey protein on the (laughs) Somebody keeps dumping all their whey into the lock. (laughs) Why does it smell like fake strawberry? God. (laughs) 
Sir, there's so much pre-workout in the water. The uh, the bass are massive. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Sonar expert Daryl Lawrence. He saw the sonar and all the returns of a large object at the depth of 590 feet. And he goes on to say, There's something here that we don't understand. And there's something here that's larger than a fish. Maybe some species that hasn't been detected before. Perfect ending to this sentence. I don't know. (laughs) What a great expert. Sir, do you have a quote? I don't know. At least he's honest. That's conclusive. I'll take that one with me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a vote of confidence when you end your sentences with I don't know. Now, that was said in 1987, correct? Bringing it back about 10, 12 years. Did you guys know that there is a Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau? What? No. Ah. It was formed in the UK in 1962 by Norman Collins and a politician named David James. Yeah, they actually shortened their name to Loch Ness Investigation Bureau, so L-N-I-B. Lenib. They had a camp for like seven and a half years or something like that, and they would send observers to other locations all around the lock, and they had about 1,000 members, and almost 600 of them were from the UK. 1,000 members? That's that's pretty lofty. Did you say it was a politician Was a, like started that? One of the founding members, yeah, was a politician. I believe his name was David James. Is that the platform he, like, ran on? My main goal of this administration is to find that damn monster. If I'm elected, every Sunday, all your children will take pictures with Nessie. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have frozen Charleston shoes and regular room temperature Charleston shoes. It's not Marshall Applewhite. Damn it, Marshall Applewhite. You're fucking Charles. It infiltrated it, a thousand members and it infiltrated. He wanted the members. Oh That's God. really what it was. He was starting a cult. <laughs> a Loch Ness cult. Oh, oh that would be um, scary. T-shirt idea. Thank you. Nessie's coming to get us. I want that shirt. I want that shirt real bad. <laughs> Nessie's coming here to save us. Devour us. <laughs> Devour Take us, us to the higher level. <laughs> Taking us to the underlake utopia. Everybody rub yourself with pineapple. Before you jump into the deep waters. Nessie loves pineapple. Didn't know where you were going with that one. <laughs> that is also part of the erotica. Oh, it never ends. Never ends. It's just going to start endlessly leaking into our normal show. <laughs> just forever seeping. Ew. What a terrible word. Uh, yeah. Seeping. Yeah, that's not yeah. a good one. In 2003, the BBC sponsored a search of the lock using 600 sonar beams and satellite tracking. The search had sufficient resolution to identify a small buoy. It, it, had, it had enough resolution to identify a small buoy from space. That's a lot more impressive than I thought it was. A satellite tracking. No animal of substantial size was found, and despite the reported hopes, the scientists involved admitted that this proved the Loch Ness Monster was a myth. Now, some things that the Loch Ness Monster are misidentified or explained as are bird wakes, as we said, eels, elephants, which is fucking crazy to think that there's an elephant walking around and swimming around, trunk up, 
Oh, but you can get behind a plesiosaur? A plesiosaur can at least swim for a long period of time. There's also the Greenland shark. There's the Wells catfish, which is, I would imagine, a very large catfish. There's trees and wakes, optical effects, and also seismic gas. As we know, Scotland is definitely oh. active. They're, they're always trying to blame shit on seismic it's gas. Always gas, always, man. It's the aurora borealis, man. It just fucks everything up. It's the light off of Venus, off of some seismic gas. It's creating the illusion of some sort of animal out in the water. Uh, could be. Guys, for a moment, just turn around and look at that deep, dark water. Mm. Look at it. How inviting. Is that an eel? <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? The Loch Ness monster really is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with an eel. I'm gonna go. With I an think eel. it's an eel. Could be a seal. It's a Seals seal. and eels. That's a huge seal. Well, you did say a turtle earlier. So are you on the seal train now? Well, now I don't know. Now I'm very confused. <laughs> I'm still holding true with my eel theory. What do you guys think? I'm gonna say massive squid. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. We haven't talked about that one yet. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm feeling a massive squid because if you think it's about it. It's just one tentacle sticking out sometime. Yeah, really. Like, think about the tentacle. Maybe it's reaching up to grab some food or something, you know? Like, it's deep, deep down, but it's reaching up. If it was a plesiosaur, it would have to come up to breathe air pretty often. And giant and colossal squids do live at, like, the bottom of the ocean where it's very dark and very cold. That is more plausible. Yeah, well, there's high pressure, too. I would imagine... 755 or so feet is probably pretty shitty feeling. Oh, yeah. If you're, you know, a frail human such as we. Frank, what do you think it is? I think it's a big steamy load of horse shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Kelpie. That's what I think. It's a lot of horse shit. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you say Kelpie. Oh, can you elaborate? On what so, a Kelpie is. I don't know why they never thought it was a Kelpie to begin with. So a Kelpie is of British lore. It's like half fish, half horse. And it lures people by like saying, hey, do you need a ride across this body of water? <laughs> and then the person's like, sure. And then it halfway through, it's like, nope, gotta go. And then just drowns you. Oh, fantastic. Isn't there a movie about that? Like a children's movie? Where like the little boy goes where like the Kelpies are and he's friends with them. But they are terrifying. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the UK has a lot of weird, like, horse hybrid myths. Have you ever heard about the Mariloid? That thing. No. Ooh. It's like a, it's like um, a humanoid with a head of a horse skull, and during Christmas time, it comes to your house, and you have to do a poetry battle with it. Oh no way! <laughs> I have heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. That the Yule Lads. Oh yeah, Dave. Dave, what do you think it is? I think it could totally be a plesiosaur. But there's some conflicting evidence about that because of the timeline. If it is a dinosaur, I mean, it had to miraculously survive. Ultimately, gals and goyles, we'll never really know what's going on at Loch Ness. I'm just going to tell you and tell you straight up. I mean, we could all dive into that water over there. We could dive as deep as we want, but our heads will explode before we reach the bottom, and Nessie's not going to come up and say, hey, guys, you guys need a lift, and then bring us down to this beautiful Atlantis. It's fucking Atlantis. That's what it is. God. What about Hollow Earths? Oh, well. Well, that's what I was saying about the tube. It, it could have just flown from Agartha and then hit the water and then bloop just popped its head up and then (laughs) i just want to point something out and it's something that we've talked about 
previously whenever we've discussed cryptids, especially when we talk about Mothman and the TNT area and how possibly these high explosive areas could create some sort of temporal rift between dimensions. If we think of cryptids as interdimensional creatures, as we've said before, like the reasoning that their sightings are so minimal and, and scarce is that they are kind of jumping between these dimensions where they're from and coming here and back and forth, whatever. There is a place called Holy Lock and Fort George. And those are both military places that are close to Loch Ness. If we go with our previous thoughts on explosions and high explosion areas creating those temporal rifts, the thought of maybe Loch Ness becoming an interdimensional cryptid is now on the table. If we're following the same logic from the TNT area of Mothman. There could be a whole nother dimension where dinosaurs still exist and you're seeing that rift. Mm -hmm. And it's particularly there. I do want to say one thing. Robert Rines explained that he saw it with horns in some sightings. Oh. And it could have been used as breathing tubes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He had his own snorkel. Kraken then, because some Mm. depictions of the Kraken say horns, but the horns are more like tentacles. So then I think of the squid. I don't know. Squids are pretty alien-like, so they they could adapt to pretty much anywhere. What if it's an octopus? Because they're so. Can smart. you imagine? It's just a giant squid, and everybody's just like, "Well, fuck me. We got this one wrong." <laughs> that is not the shape I thought it was going to. Yeah. Be. Statistically, it's eighty-eight percent likely that it's a long-necked giant amphibian, like a long-necked newt, and a guy named R.T. Gould suggested that. So 88%, I guess that's pretty high. I mean, that's a pretty big lizard if you're talking about a 20 to 30 foot anomaly. I don't know if I buy into the lizard part. Me either. I think R.T. Gould pulled that number out of his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah, what I think. That 88%. R.T., if you could put a percentage on it, what would you say? Uh... 88. 88. <laughs> Definitely 88. Well, boys and girls... It's late in the evening. The sun should be up soon. I'm going to stop talking about Loch Ness. I'm going to go uh, hit the tent, take a little nappy. Ladies, hope you brought a tent. If not, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm about to jump into that lake right now. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> quick quick polar plunge before bed. I like it. I sleep in the water. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, good night, boys. Good night, girls. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hushlings, again for joining us on another Cryptid Chronicles. We had such fun by the fire, and we were joined by Shelby and Chrissy from Pentacles and Tentacles podcast. Ladies, tell everyone what your show is about, where they can find you, where we can reach you, and how they can listen. Uh, So Pentacles and Tentacles is a podcast about history, mystery, and more, so... Really anything weird and creepy that we like to talk about is on there. Um, we do have an email address, pentaclesandtentacles at gmail.com. Twitter, same name. Instagram, same name. Please reach out to us. Give us ideas. And we're waiting on our editor, Timmy. <laughs> and we can be listened to. You, know, you can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are out at. Spotify, Apple. They're basically everywhere. Everywhere. All right, ladies, thank you for coming for an episode of Cryptid Chronicles. We hope to have you back. 
Well, thank you for having us. It was a lot of fun. Thank, thank you, you, guys. Yes, thank you. Good night, Hushling. <laughs>